Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell, I'm hoping today that um, we have, you know, things, you know, like we want to talk about, maybe the Holy Spirit put in your mind during the week. Um, I had some things prepared, but I like, you know, always like to go with, you know, whatever the Spirit is doing, which is usually doing, he's usually doing through the body of people. So um, I'll maybe start with Kay and see if there's something um, that was on your mind you'd like us to discuss, maybe you know, decipher through the word? A lot of people are exp expressing fear. I don't see what they have to be so fearful about. Or maybe because they have to work and I'm not in that uh, lineup. Maybe they're fearful of losing their jobs, but I I'm, I'm, I'm hearing from Christians on, the, on somebody else's phone how they're worried and concerned and I don't understand that. If they're so, if they're so tied into Jesus, uh, and know that He says well, even a, a small worry cannot uh, grow you an inch. Why are they so worried? We all have to pass. Well, we all we all should have fear. Um, fear in certain instances is faith. Or let me put it better. It's evidence of faith. But, in but, other words, you Jesus fear because you believe what is coming. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Yes. That's why I said in certain instances, what God is talking about is the fear of hopelessness, the hopeless fear. And I'm thinking... For example, um, the, the prophet Noah, the Bible says he moved with fear when he heard the things that were coming to the earth. Okay. That doesn't mean Noah didn't believe God, but mm. the fear was what motivated him. That like, The fear was evidence that he believed God. I mean, if God tells me there's going to be an earthquake here tomorrow, yeah. there's nothing wrong with me being fearful. It doesn't mean I don't believe God. It doesn't mean I don't trust God, but well, I might lose my dog. I might lose my wife. I might lose my whatever, oh, you know? So, but being petrified is a different thing. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't be hopelessly afraid. Anxious, worried, fearful. Hmm. If it happens, it happens. But we have to have a previous plan. We have to allow <clears throat> people to know what they can and can't do for you for you if you're not uh, able to rise up absolutely absolutely okay. what you're what you're concerned about are those people who are petrified yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm listening to conversation and a lot of christians who are expressing fear exactly that that is not even holy fear because the bible says the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom yeah so there's I don't holy fear but what you're talking about is they're petrified. They're like hopelessly afraid. We are practicing Christians like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And I don't think that's in the lexicon. 
of longtime Christians. Yes, we, we expected this. Yes, we know this is coming. Yes, it's sudden, but fear, no. We put to sleep, and when we are put to sleep, we, do, we don't have to pass through that next tribulation. I think, Mike, I think yes, that, go ahead. I think that um, the issue is you have a lot of people that are religious Christians but have no, no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They, they know the scriptures intellectually, but they have not submitted to the will of Christ, and they haven't developed a relationship with him. So they're just like students that have read a book, but they have no idea they did what, the, is, what he's about. They did the book report, too. Well, and simply put, some people belong to the Christian religion, which is a totally different thing from the Christian faith. Remember, the Christian religion was started in 325 A.D., by Magnus? Um, sorry? By that guy named Mag Mag Magnus? No, no. no, no, Emperor Constantine. Emperor Constantine brought the um um the church people together and said, I want to have a state religion and I'm gonna take yours. In Rome. Okay, all right. Right. Um, actually in Constantinople. Turkey. It wasn't in Rome. Turkey? Yes, in Turkey. Correct. Absolutely correct. Correct. Um, and the Catholic Church broke away from that church in the year 1054. And the um, Lutheran Church, as well as the Anglican Church, broke away from um, the Catholic Church. Um, some, I guess, Four or five hundred years ago, I can't remember exactly. Um, I think in the years fifteen something, Luther and um, Luther for his own reasons, and King James, I'm sorry, King Henry the Eighth for his own reasons, almost simultaneously, but for two separate reasons, for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So those were the Lutherans. Where was King? Where was what? What country was King Henry when he broke away? A king of England. Oh, Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth, the Luther one who had the many wives and used to chop off heads. And Luther was in Germany. Yes, Luther was in Germany. Okay, I Luther. remember. Thanks. Luther was a Catholic priest. Yeah. And um, he wanted the um, church services to be held in German. Yeah. But the the Catholic Church said no. Church services must be held in Latin. And he had some other, he had a lot of other problems yeah. um, with them. But what made the people support him was that part of, you know, having the church um, Bible and all that being taught in, um, the, the Bible could only be taught in Latin at that time. In German. In German. Yes, he wanted it to be taught in German. Right. And um, you were saying about the faithful and the fearful. <laughs> The faithful and the fearful. Yes, yes. I wonder how, I wonder what, how, I, I wonder if they heard how they sounded, what they would say about their, their position. It sounded, it sounded to me very, very juvenile. You have to convince these people to have faith in Jesus and to 
say um, to read the Bible, to pray, and that that should come that should come easily. You know, there's actually something the Bible calls the gift of faith. I've always wondered about that. You know, another day we'll take a look at that. Where Paul was talking about the different gifts. Yeah. One of the gifts he mentioned was faith, oh. which is unusual because you would expect that. Everybody would have it. Everybody would have faith, which the Bible actually says every human being in the world has faith. It just depends what they have faith in. Okay. Um, but it means there's also, even after you're a Christian, there are those who have an unusual capacity of faith. And you might be one of those people. In fact, I think today's topic that I had in mind might be something that may, will be of great interest to you because... Mm. It's really about how, you know, in the, in the New Testament, we see prophets prophesying about worldly things that were going to happen in the New Testament mm -hmm. and that those things came to pass. Because I kept, you know, going back and forth and saying, you know, mm. God, you know, this COVID-19, mm -hmm. you know, I... I didn't have a clue it was coming down the pike, you know, and that's what President Trump said, and they called him a liar. Yes, you did. You were warned. Why didn't you do something about it? So biblical, <laughs> so, biblical. so so like the maddening crowd, crucify him, crucify him. No, he hasn't done anything for us. Crucify him. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, but the but the church, we you see, there's something that oh I've always known that yeah. you know things like this would come. I, we've talked about this, you know, and we've been so precise. But as in the timing it came upon I, I wasn't, the world. I wasn't, it I was wasn't sprung upon the world. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily caught off um off my feet or anything. Oh, it's just that I did not have the means to be prepared. And that was the frustrating part. You know, it's like you're seeing a you know, you're seeing a a, a tractor trailer coming downhill, you know, at you, and you're like a deer in the headlights, you can't get out of the way. Because I know to a certain degree how things are going to play out for how long, where, when, but the means to prepare, I find that I do have them, but I have to be at a location that is contrary to where I am now. I, um, I had the means, I made the means, but God, um, the Holy Spirit inspired me about a month ago to get ready. Right, but see, I have, I have four children okay, who I don't have absolute control right now of where they can be. If I did, I'd be, you know, I'd be chilling right now, drinking my tea someplace and, you know, saying, well, I want them, I want them. Well, now I can't say that because remember what Jesus said, he said, woe unto them that are with child in that day. Um, it's not just your natural children, but it includes that. It includes the concerns. But nevertheless, you know, I don't want to go stand in front of God and say, well, you know, I was so scared of the earthly destruction that was to come. I abandoned my children. 
I was um, I was um, given the inspiration to look after the the edges, as I call them, about a month ago, and I even encouraged my uh, sister-in-law Anne to get in some extra extra groceries with me. And um, uh, two weeks ago, I finished my big um, uh, replacement in the house by um, installing four big water jugs just in case I didn't have any to thing to cook my rice yeah. with. See what I'm trying to say? Just a yeah. little in, bit. In fact, you'll be surprised how prepared I am at, the, at a location where yeah. I expected my children to be with me at this time. Okay. Okay. Well, you did your you did your uh, due diligence. Even if they have to run to you, you're still prepared wherever you are. Well, the the way this one is going now, I know we're all gonna have to sit through. This is gonna end. This is not the final thing. Okay. This is like this is like a wave. You know, like how a tsunami comes. Yeah. You know, first of all, the water little, goes back. A little ripple. A little ripple in. Yes, exactly, exactly. But no, I know. All we're gonna be giving. We're gonna be giving a respite. Right, and although I don't know how long that respite is gonna be for. All is well, and they return to their eating and cooking and marrying and drinking. You know. Yes. You asked me, what did I think? What did what came to mind this week? Yeah. And what came to mind this yes. week? probably saw my Facebook post was that this is the time mm. to be telling um, unbelievers and religious Christians about seeking Christ and you know developing a relationship with God while there's still time and turning from all those that you know learning about who he is what is it that's expected of us what is it how does he expect us to live and um, repenting, turning away from those things which are objectionable to him. You know, dedicating themselves to wanting to live with him and his purpose. You know, a lot of a lot of us talk about turning away from the things that are objectable to God. But the most the most troublesome things are things you and I don't actually think are objectionable to God. For example, we have things that people did to us when we were young. And those people are sorry about what they did, what they said. And God has forgiven them because they're genuinely sorry. We can't get over it because the value system we use to process the profundity of those things that were said or done to us are value systems of the world. What I mean, what I let me explain that a little bit. If somebody used racially derogatory terms on me while I was in a foreign culture. Let's use the word foreign. Foreign as in I am in the minority of people in that culture. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
they might have thought it was just like in England, you would say, taking the mickey out of somebody or okay, making fun of someone. But that really hurt you or hurt me so deeply. Now, it's 10 years later, 20 years later, those people have come to a realization that, you know what? That thing wasn't funny that I did. I really, if I, if I ever see Mike again, I'll apologize to him. I, I, that wasn't funny, you know? And God sees those people, they've repented and they've become Christians. And here I am, I'm also a Christian, but I'm still holding that pain, that bitterness. Mm -hmm. okay? But I pay my tithes, I give my offerings, I do this, I visit the sick in the nursing home, I do all these things. Mm -hmm. But the, the Bible refers to this example I just gave, which is a you know, way out there example, as the little foxes. You see that? Mm -hmm. So every one of us must know for himself or herself, what is that thing on the inside that God wants you to turn away from? Yes. Because if you think about it in our culture, so many people don't even didn't even grow up in a christian home okay they didn't even grow up in a christian religion home no right. and so at this time you have a lot of people that are panicking not just the the not mean. just the christian religious the I religious mean. christians but you have the non-christians all together and i think as um, believers that we really need to um, expose them to the love of God. Right. Well, I can, I can say this, and both to those who are believers and those who are non-believers, this is not the end. This is a warning shot. Exactly. This is like what the Bible refers to as the last trumpet. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is God's. This is what we're seeing is actually the mercy of God. Man. Okay, what we're seeing is actually the mercy of God. Now, I could get sick tomorrow and I could physically die, but then I could have physically died from a car accident. Exactly. Okay, the fact is this we're going to be healed as a, as a, as a human race from this, okay, like we had the influenza and all of that stuff. But a hundred years ago when they had the influenza, people around the world were God conscious, even if they were not Christians. You couldn't find anywhere in the world a hundred years ago, anywhere, where people would be dancing on the streets, naked, kissing one another, and they're all of the same sex. You wouldn't find that anywhere yeah. in the world. Now it's flyer. So it's not that there's, it's not like there's any sin today that didn't exist during the Bible days. That's not the issue. The issue is we are not ashamed. And that's the difference between Satan and human beings. Satan is not ashamed even in front of God. You see in the book of Job, in chapter 1, 
-hmm. Satan appears to God twice mm -hmm. or thrice, right in the presence of God. Now, right. when Adam and Eve sinned, the moment they heard God's voice, they ran away. Right in his face. They had a consciousness that they were wrong, right. which is something that is what it, which is a prerequisite to repentance. Oh. Satan had no consciousness of sin or wrong. Satan doesn't understand what all our noise about or how evil he is. He doesn't understand. He's like, look, I'm just doing my job. I love my job. <laughs> okay. I love my job. You got your job, do your job. Okay. And that's what's happening with the human beings. We are becoming satanic, which simply means unable to repent, which Jesus called the unforgivable sin. Mm -hmm. The unforgivable sin is the inability to repent, the inability to see something that is wrong as wrong. Not that you do wrong, but your inability to see the wrong that you do as wrong. Because if you see what you do as wrong as wrong, then the Holy Spirit is now more than able to deliver you from yourself. That's yes. why he's called the Savior. Yes. Okay. All right. I wanted, you know, quickly, before I go into what I want to go, I don't know, Gwendolyn, did you have something else you wanted to say? Because oh, I think, Kay, you were finished, right? Yes, I was finished. Yeah, I was really surprised that people are panicking. That I would say that people know about God. They they have a Christian background, and now I'm talking about the media, who reflects the uh, the temperature or the pulse of the nation. And although although these people in the briefing room uh, know about God and um, and uh, probably brought up as uh, you know children going to church, they express the most. What you call it? They express the most um, uh, unsteady, uh, fearful. Um, uh, it must be repeated over and over. You must assure them, assure them. When will this happen? When will we have a vaccine? When will the test be available? When, when, when? And it seems like they're just little babies, just little teeth. They cannot think for the, they're, they're mindless. They have no direction. And this, this, it, stuns, this stuns me. It's over and over repetitive rhetoric. Terrible. Yeah, I actually think that they know, you know, what they're doing. Um, because they're, they're, the media, the media, as we call them, I see them, I see them more as, and this is a blanket statement. Blanket statements are never fair. So, but generally, the media is, I think, a part of a program. And I'm not saying anything about against Trump or whatever. I think, yeah. I think we need to understand that in this world, yeah. we have an unseen government that is more powerful than the American government, the Chinese government, the Russian government, any government, the British government, all put together. Okay. Now, whether that is good or whether that is bad, I really, you know, now that I look at things, you know, a bit differently, I don't necessarily think that's good or bad. I think it depends on who's actually controlling that power at any particular time. Yeah. You okay? know what it reminds me? It reminds me of when uh, Pilate turned to the people and said, who shall I release? 
<laughs> and all along, he has the power to release both of them. But what I'm yes. trying, but what I'm trying to say, it was their their um, aggression, like snarling okay, yeah. dogs. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to equate Trump and the attacks at him with the attacks at Christ. Okay. No, no, at Pilot, at Pilot, they were saying they were saying to Pilot. Um, okay, I get you. Okay, I get you. I get you. Right, right. So Pilot is so Trump. The president is almost like in the place of, you know, that's very true because, you know, you know, you know what, Gwendolyn. You just opened my eyes to something because I did watch an interview where, not an interview, a press briefing, where the president was trying to get across the fact that, hey, look, there's this chloroquine that, or chloroquine that people have been taking for years and it yeah. seems to be working in China. Let's yeah. try it. Yeah. And the press and some of the bureaucrats were kind of pushing back on that. And I couldn't understand what they were pushing back on because I've taken chloroquine myself in the past. Oh. And nice. the president was saying, look, People are taking this medication now for malaria, and it's not a bad medic medicine. Doesn't need any lab tests. Let's give it. To, Let's he try said. It. The president said, Let's "What do we it. have to lose?" Yeah. But there was there was the press and some of the bureaucrats standing with the president that were pushing against that. So yeah. in that context, I think I understand what you're where you're coming from. Yeah. All right. So let's let's um let's look at. Um, prophecy in the New Testament. I don't know about you, but I thought to myself, you know, in the Old Testament days, the prophet Elijah or someone will just show up in the palace or someplace and tell you, thus said the Lord, you know, such and such, such and such, you know, and people still wouldn't get ready, okay, because they wouldn't believe. But then I thought about us, we believe, at least we believe in Christ, why didn't we hear clearly that come sometime in 2019 or 2020, something, even if we didn't hear exactly what that something was, something was going to come to the earth that would cause such destruction that you need to do such and such now to protect yourself. Now, I have no doubt that God did reveal that to some people in the world, Christians in the world, and they're ready right now. But I know I didn't. I don't know about any of you, but I you doubt you got the exact you know, you word. You didn't receive? You did not receive that um, prophetic um, word? No, I did not. That something like this was going to happen at the end of 2019, early 2020. Okay, but you know, remember, you remember that just a month ago, and even now, the locusts, the locusts are eating the land. I don't know which land. Yes, but the yes. East Africa to them. East Africa to the Arabians. And and they said that when the locust comes, it's a forerunner of some epic plague. Yes, that's what they say. Well, I'm trying to find out what the Lord said. You know, I know the Lord spoke, and I want us to, you know, be precise here. Maybe I know the Lord spoke. Yeah. I know some people somewhere in China, in England, in America, in Africa, whatever, Christians. I they think, heard. 
In other words, the group I'm a part of, which is you all, none of you woke me up and told me, brother Mike, get ready, such and such. And I'm holding you all responsible. I'm not but, holding myself responsible. I was asleep. Wait, wait. The thing is, brother Mike, that's not, that's not exactly true. Okay, go ahead. Because we did discuss, we did discuss making certain changes over a year ago, okay? And we did not implement those things. And we knew that, that there was something coming. But like you said, there was a bunch, a lot of other things going on. We knew that we had to get, we had to get ready. No, we've known, we've known that for 2,000 years. No, my, I'm my, saying, I'm, no, I'm saying that we knew that it was more urgent than that. We knew it was Yes, urgent. yes, of course. But my, my thing is, because in we, the new, we, none of the people with me, including myself, none of us, nobody said, Brother Mike, within the next year, let's even give it a whole year. Nobody said to me as far back as January last year or June or whatever, within the next one year, you're going to hold yourself accountable because I'm warning you, God has spoken. Something is coming to the earth within the next year or whatever, and you need to do this. Now, why am I saying this? I'm not talking about the witness that we all have. All of us have a witness from the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, he can't hold us accountable. But there's something called clear vision. That as we are gathered together, as we fellowship here, okay? That's a judgment on us. The Holy Spirit is supposed to show one or more of us clearly, precisely what is to come. Am I, I don't know if I'm understood there. Now you are understood, but I think the, I think one of the, oh. one of the issues is that mm -hmm. when we have something that we have something inside of us that's telling us the this, the spirit you. is speaking to us saying, do this, you should do this, that I'm not so sure that I can say um, to you or to anybody definitively that God said such and such. I know that something was telling me to do something, but it's not like it was, uh, I don't know whether it's something private for me or something public. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I understand what you're saying, but that's not biblical because without that, then you wouldn't be able to hold people accountable. You understand? God, uh, I, I'd God, like, God, to, say, I'd yes, like to say something. Go ahead. Um, in his word, God says he does not do anything without telling his uh, saints what he is about to do. Without telling his prophets. So, no. Well, either his prophets or those that are closely, um, closely aligned with him in word, spirit, and deed. But what Correct. I'm trying to say is that it also goes to his prophets, but in he speaks to us in dreams or through our spirits, the Holy Spirit yes. will, um, uh, would you call it, encourage you yes. to get prepared for the coming famine or, or move at a certain time or um, clear your, clear your um, get your family ready or leave a place or go to a place or, or seek or, or pray, pray, pray. Uh, the, the Lord 
equips his people that he that he they are close to him he never does anything without um uh enabling them to know that what to we, do to prepare we, we know that and we believe that and we understand that you and i know that we believe that yeah. that every single one of us that's a christian the yeah. holy spirit is going to speak to us and yeah. you know either through a dream or some other way independent of a human being right and point us we agree on that and we the, also, the, and also gives us courage to face it right now where the question is here is if you read what's on your screen it says prophecy in the new testament did prophecy end the days of the new testament or does it continue today? Prophecy means what someone spoke to you about a particular issue, right? Yes. We're not talking about what the Holy Ghost said. We're talking about what a human being came and said to me. And the question is, who came to you and I prior to COVID-19 to tell us that within this period, something was coming to the earth and this is what you needed to do. Did you receive anything like that? Not some, some vague time in the future, but within a specific time frame and a specific phenomenon. We, we saw that, though. I mean, you saw, did you see COVID-19? Did you see a, a health problem coming to the world at around 2019 slash 2020 that would paralyze the whole world? Not so, I'm not talking about you saw it. It will come sometime in the future, which could be 2050. Did no, you hear from anyone? We heard, so, uh, we did uh, hear um, from True News was saying that something was coming. They've been saying that since September, that something was coming and it was coming very soon. That's not what the question is, not something. Did it describe what that something was? I, see, you see, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks through his prophets, uh, this is what I'm trying to get. You and I, when we receive from the Holy Spirit, it might be vague. Like Gwendolyn said, you see dreams and so on. I'm, go I'm, I'm going specifically at a health crisis that would come on the earth sometime 2019, 2020. Did anyone come and tell you that? Nobody came and told me that. So Gwendolyn never told you that? No. Dad never told you that? No. Abele never told you. I never told you. Mama dear never told you. No. Good. That's the purpose of this talk. Because in every group of people who make up their mind to fellowship together, the Holy Ghost must come to one or more people with a very clear and distinct prophecy about something that is to come. Sometimes he will split it in half. One person will get one half of it and another will get another half of it. We never got that. And the purpose of saying this is because I want us to realize we were supposed to. 
that's a judgment on us then. Yes, exactly. There you go. Now you understand what I'm saying. Look at, I mean, look at the next slide. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Acts chapter 11, verses 27 to 30. And after that, we'll look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Anybody that finds it can read, please. Amen. Amen. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. By the way, Saul, there's Paul, before he changed his name to Paul, before they changed his name to Paul. Now, the Agabus is given a distinct, clear vision about earthly events. Do you understand? Agabus didn't say, oh, this is going to mean the end of the world. Do you understand? He said when it was coming and the church moved to prepare themselves and even sent to the rest to the church in Israel. Okay? To the apostles and so on in Israel so they can be able to feed during that time. Did you notice the sharing that took place? Yes. There you go. That tells you the disposition of the hearts of the believers towards one another. By the way, Gwendolyn, trivia for you. Yes, sir. Other, I have a trivia question for you. Yes. What other prophecy did Agabus give in the New Testament? I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with the name nor his uh, prophecy. Okay. Dr. K, what about you? I'm not familiar with it either. Okay. All right. Where where was is it Artabus or Adabus? Agabus. A G A yeah, A G A B U S. Acts chapter eleven. Where verse was, 27 where, to 30. Was, where was he that he gave money to Saul and uh, Barnabas? No, he didn't give any money. He brought a prophecy oh, from okay. God to where Paul was, and to the other apostles and to the other Christians. Where was Agabus? Yeah. Where? Somewhere in what you would today refer to as what uh, Syria, Turkey, um, etc. So, he so, was in Antioch. So the you're right, Antioch, so which would be Syria. So the, so the other, the men in the church in that area sent money home to Judea with uh, Paul and Barnabas. Yes. Okay. Because remember, they were in the wealthy area. It's like we've been in America, and we have brethren in Africa, right? Or we have brethren in Asia, or we have brethren in the Caribbean. Yeah. We're better off than they are. 
Okay, we, if we send them a hundred dollars, they could live on that hundred dollars for a whole month. They sent we could live on that hundred dollars for two days. Jerusalem, right? What? They sent Judea, them right? Ju Jerusalem is in Judea. They sent it to Jerusalem to the synagogue there. Yeah. It says it, yes, it said they to sent the church, it. not to the synagogue. And to Judea, same thing. Okay. All right. So, well, one other prophecy that he gave was this. Can you hear me? Yes. He, when Paul was about to go to Jerusalem on another occasion, yeah. he walked up to Paul and took a rope or something and tied the feet of Paul okay. and said, the Holy Ghost says, the man whose feet I tie shall so be bound when he arrives in Jerusalem. And immediately all the Christians started crying and saying, Paul, Paul, you've heard what the Holy Ghost says. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. And Gwendolyn, do you know what Paul's response was? I have to go. I've got to go. I must fulfill the vision that Christ gave me. Now, what would you have done if the Holy Ghost had sent a message like that to you? I had to go. No, you would say, ah, the Holy Ghost has revealed to me they're going to kill me in Jerusalem. I'm not going. He had the money. He had to go for his other. No, no, no. That was a totally different. That's what I'm saying. That was a totally, this is a totally different event. Oh, he came back and then he was given another vision? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Because he was a pro, he, he moved in the gift of prophecy. So why am I bringing this? It might be you, Gwendolyn. It might be Mama Dear. It might be Dad Logan. It might be Abele. It might be me. It might be Charles. It might be whomever. But one or more of us is going to have the capability to precisely see things and tell us, you guys, turn left. Don't go right. Not I think you guys need to make a turn. See, all of us are going to receive a witness from the Holy Ghost that we need to make a turn. But only one or two people are going to receive from the Holy Ghost that we should turn right. But that is if we are truly in what the Bible refers to as fellowship. In truth. Are you with me? We are. Yes. Fellowship is about different sea-going vessels independently on their own on the same sea headed in the same direction. That's what fellowship means. Okay? So then what we need to do now as we're doing is over the next few weeks is clarify unity of vision and an agreement that this is where we want to go. If we are not in agreement that this is where we want to go, we will not be able to receive clear prophetic vision. So at the beginning like this, God will send a man or a woman and that person will bring a message, a word, a direction. That person who brings that message, that direction for us to go, isn't necessarily going to make it to the end with us. Are you with me? And even if he or she does, doesn't necessarily mean they're the ones that are going to lead us into where God has said we should go. From the midst of the people who join could come the leaders that will actually take us in. Remember, Moses brought us out, but Joshua took us what? In. in. Okay? So we need to have clarity. Let's look at the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. 
Amen. Amen. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Mm -hmm. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, mm -hmm. truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, mm. traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, mm. having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Thank you. Having a form of godliness, right? What does that mean? Being religious. Religious. Denying the power thereof. Don't believe in God or what he said no, he would do. They no do believe in God. No faith in Christ. They do, they do believe in Christ, but they deny the power. What does deny the power mean? It's not like they're denying with their mouth that Christ has power, God has power. They take up their own burden and try to Exactly. It. Oh my God, you know what? I should be, you know what? Gwendolyn, next week, you're teaching this, you're teaching this fellowship. No, I'm not. Yo, yes, you are, because I can no, see that you, on, you, you no, take I'm the words right out of my mouth. This is perfect. We, we, need a they take, we take our own problems on ourselves. Exactly. Oh my God. And I wish I could, you know, please, if you have a pen and paper, somebody write that, what she just said, mm -hmm. next to that scripture, because that's the best definition, interpretation I've ever heard of that statement. And you want to know what? what? The reason it means so much to me is I'm number one guilty on that. No. I'm number one guilty. Why? Because I'm always trying to solve problems, and when I finally find out I can't help solve the problems, then I go and pray. That's a male thing. Forget about that. <laughs> a woman thing says, look, you are, my, you are my husband, you are my lover, you are my provider, you are my Jehovah Jireh, you are my Jehovah Shammah. You are everything to me, and if I'm not supposed to have it, I will not receive it but if i am you will move heaven and earth for me to have it because yes. you're my everything yes well for me it's like once there's a problem the first thing that comes into my mind is how do i solve this problem what you you don't have you don't have you have three children or four children you have four yes. children, but you have not been left caring for those children and having nothing to feed them no warmth in the house. No, not enough clothing to send them to school with. Yes. You have your God. You have, you have. Which was a school you've been through. Family. It was a school you've been through and you've, exp you've you come to understand family. what God can do. You have people knocking on the door when you don't have food and saying, Sister Gwen, God told me to bring this basket over. That's faith. Yes. That, that's yes. what you need to. Because you can't fix it. Yes. You can't fix it, but God fixed it. Your yes. husband. God is your husband. He's yes. not a wife. He's a husband. He's yes. a father. He's a brother. He's yes. your provider. He's, he plans for you. He, he, plans, he gave you a plan of salvation. 
He yeah. provides for you. And he's, he, it's another P. It's alliteration. But he is everything. When he becomes everything, he fixes it. You don't. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, and this is exactly what I was saying. Notice we all have different gifts. You notice how you have, to, like, faith for you in depending on God for provision is like almost second nature when, it, when you compare it to me, that is. Okay? But for me, I've got to go try to work it out. And then when I see I can't work it out, I come crying, Oh, Father, Father, where art thou? How could you let this happen to me? Okay? That's a joke. <laughs> okay? So, notice... Michael, Michael, I yeah. don't know how old you are, but I know um, these, these last 30 years... Yes. ...operated that way. And uh, I'm telling you today, it's yeah. the wrong way. You will no, never You're absolutely it. right. You'll but never that's, that's, the, that's hold on. That's the purpose. That's you the purpose never, of. You'll never succeed. You will not get peace of mind until you let um, the good Lord provide. No, but for that's you. but that's the purpose. That's the purpose of the message today, that we all bring something. Okay, we all bring something that. Like, as I, I said to you, I said, this is my weakness here. So what's the purpose of Gwendolyn in my life? Well, Gwendolyn is strong there. Are you with me? No. Nope. Just the way you're weak in a certain area, and I am strong there. Okay? Remember the first thing that came out of your mouth? You said, well, that's a man thing. Yes. Because a certain part of you was taken from me when God created you. Are you, are you, do you understand where I'm coming from? Yes, the difference between men and women. Okay. When you, when you, so, lo when you lose the, the part that was supposed to be your helpmate, then you become weak as well. It's not, it's, it's not become. You are always weak because that part is not you. Okay. That's why we need, that's why Paul said, as the woman is not without the man, so is the man not without the woman. And the, the, the word to underline there is the word not, N-O-T. Mm -hmm. okay? That's a deeper teaching. So that what we have to understand is that each and every one of us is bringing something to this fellowship. Okay? And you need to play your role. I need to play my role. Because at the end of the day, guess what? If you, for example, don't know what, how to handle money, you, if God gave you a million dollars right now, you might decide, oh, I need to buy a house in Potomac. <laughs> okay, got that million dollars. Kay okay, might think, I need to put this money away for a rainy day. So guess what? Because you and Kay belong to the same body, when you pray to God because you need a million dollars, guess who God's going to give the million dollars to? Kay. Mm -hmm. Kay. Why? Because God expects that you all are brethren. May and you're I, part of the same body. Before I forget, may I ask one very, um, sure. it's a, what you call it, a touchy subject, I guess. Now, remember, wait, wait, before you go any further, remember that everything we're saying here is going to be on the internet of the whole world. So before, if there's anything private, always make sure you communicate that to me privately. She says, if it's something that you don't want to the whole world, tell him in private. But 
We'll yeah, because it. because this is being recorded and it's going it's going to go around the whole world. Okay, what I what I'm what I'll oblique it. What I'm saying is that when we a partner, when we are given a wife or a husband, we yeah. can accomplish so much by God's grace and His um His um blessing on us. But you know what? Let's look. Let's look at that from Scripture. Yeah. But what I'm asking is. Could we ever accomplish it any other way with any other person? Let's look at scripture. Um, let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I understand what you're saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Yes, hold on. First Corinthians chapter seven, um, verse seven. We can take it. I guess we can take it from verse one to eight. Amen. Amen. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission and not of command. For I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them to abide even as I. Continue. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it's better to marry than to burn. All right. Okay. So the reason I brought that is because once we're in the New Testament, once we're in Christ, <coughs> each one of us has a flow that God has given he or she. Like the Apostle Paul, a wife for him was a hindrance. Okay. But he said, some people have a wife and the wife is a gift. And some people don't have a wife and not having a wife is a gift. Did you see that? Yes. Is Gwendolyn there? Could she hear me? You can't see your hand. I do. Okay. So we, got, we have to understand that you're dealing here with when we talk, wife is not for um, primarily for comfort, neither is husband primarily for comfort. Wife and husband is a partnership for work in the garden. The purpose is not the human beings. The purpose is the work. Now, whatever that work is for everybody is going to be different. Whatever that garden is for everybody is going to be different. 
And so men and women should focus on the garden, the work. Okay? And then that thing called marriage now has purpose. It's not primarily for company. Okay? People read it when it says, and God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It didn't, it didn't say it's not good for the man to be lonely. The man was not lonely. He said, I'll make him a help meet, which meant in context, he was talking about work. Okay? Talking about work. In the New Testament days, when Paul was writing, it was definitely a you know, different background. The culture he was speaking to was different background, etc. But I, I just wanted to kind of use this scripture. I don't want to go on because you were speaking. I wanted to use this scripture. I always like to contextualize the things we say, not from popular culture, but from the word of God. So why don't you please continue, Gwendolyn? I agree. I agree that uh, the purpose of the marriage is to do work in the garden and to promote the family unit because yeah. it gives a safe place for the children to be raised up in. Okay. okay. Now, but remember, people could be in their 70s and 80s and marry. You understand? So there's, there'll, there'll be no need for children at that point, but the work will still be there. Then you could also be in your 70s and marry, and that will hinder the work that God has given you. Because Paul said, they that are married care for the things of their husbands or their wives, but they that are unmarried care for the things of God. So he would rather we be unmarried, but he's not making this a law. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Have you read that before? Yes. Good. All right. Okay, so let's quickly wrap up here. Um, you can still see my screen where it says Acts eleven twenty-seven to 30? Yes. Okay. The second bullet point says, we should have received warning from the Holy Ghost. I get an echo. You guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, sorry. It says, we should have received a warning from the Holy Ghost on exactly when COVID, I should have put COVID-19, COVID-19 would appear. Did you notice I said exactly when? Yes. And that's the, that's the contention. Going forward, we all need to begin to say to God, we need, you know, if there's anything in our lives that we need to clear up, show us. But as a body, we need more clarity. We you know, need a word from God. Yes. And whoever receives it should be bold enough because you might be afraid, you might get a word from God, but you say, oh, I don't want to speak because I might say something and it doesn't come to pass. And now I look like a false prophet. Well, how do you know God didn't change his mind? Well, that's what got Jonah mad. I think that that's the, that's the point exactly I was trying to make before. That we, we each hear different things, but what is it that we've been told that's supposed to be shared and what's not supposed to be shared? Right. And I think 
as we build ourselves up, that to me, that will become more clear as we build ourselves up. Brother um, Mike? Brother Mike? Yes, yes, ma'am. It, it might be, it might be this is an awakened call, a trumpet call, as you said, yes. and we might be given the gift of prophecy or speak, um, the Holy Spirit speaking the word uh, uh, clearer now that we know that we are definitely in the last minutes of Earth's history. Yes. I believe that this is the last trumpet sounding. Yeah. Let's read about the last trumpet in Revelation. Okay, go ahead. What is the text? Okay, I'll give it to you. Thank you. You refer to it, but we haven't read the text. We should be clear on that as well. Sure. Okay. Okay, that's... Uh... We can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 52 first. 1 okay. Corinthians chapter 15, 16. Verse um, 62. Sorry, 5-2, 5-2. <clears throat> Okay, First Corinthians 15, verse 52. Yes. Amen? Amen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Okay. All right. So, we see this, the last trumpet, which is the seventh trumpet, mentioned by the Apostle Paul as well. Okay, and now we're going. Now let's look at um, Revelation. Let's see. It's going to be somewhere in the teens. Let's Google it. Oh, Bible Gateway will give it to you too. Revelation chapter 16, verse 17. Amen. Amen. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. I'm sorry, that's not what we're looking for. That's the, the angel with the vial. I'm look, we're looking for the angel with the seventh trumpet. Maybe that is 14. Seven trumpet. Okay, it's 11, sorry. Revelation chapter 11. Okay. 
verse 15? Uh, 15 to 17. Amen. Amen. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Let's finish it to verse um, 19. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou should give us reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices, and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. All right, so that's the seventh trumpet. Okay, Gwendolyn, you wanted to talk about that. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Um, we, we were talking about um, this events going on as God's last call to us to get ready. And you said it's good for us to take a look at what the scriptures actually say about the last trumpet. And we just read that in Revelation. Now, I could go into that, but I would recommend that we put that off till next Sunday because that's a whole teaching on its own that I don't want to open up now. So if we want next week, we can talk about. You mean next Sabbath? Next Saturday? No, I'm sorry. Next Saturday. <laughs> I thought today was Sunday. Okay. All right. So next Saturday, right. So we could go into it more. Um, I, I, I wish you to prepare a, 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 the topical talk on that. That would be good. Okay, fine, fine. We'll go, we'll go into that, God willing. Okay. All right. So the, the third bullet point we said was um, that we're looking at says, is warning us has nothing to do with our righteousness, but with our not belonging to a living body. Now, what am I saying here? I'm saying that God did warn us about COVID-19. And we didn't hear. I'm saying that God doesn't warn us because we are righteous. Because of his love. He warns us because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Right, right. So it is wrong for us to say God did not tell us as a group here. I'm not talking about the whole world. I'm not talking about the whole church. I'm just talking about that five, six, seven of us that you know meet on this platform. Right. I'm saying somewhere when we started meeting on this platform, God would have spoken to one or more of us clearly about COVID-19. Because we've done this now for at least, this is probably our fourth or fifth session. Yes. Okay. 
All right. But COVID nineteen was already out when we started on this this um, fellowship. Yes, but there was no order not leave your homes. It was but already we, but in we, the but, world. But we already knew by the time we started meeting, it had already been discussed that we were going to be on um, quarantine. The whole nation would be on quarantine. We knew that. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. That's fair. All right. So the last bullet point says we must begin to change that by exercising certain characteristics of the prophets and apostles. So the, the apostles and prophets used to fast and pray. Okay, they got together daily to study the word. Now, we can't necessarily meet physically daily, even when there was no restriction, okay? Um, during the time of the apostles, they probably lived, when they said a city, a city probably was what you and I would refer to as, um, I don't know. Um, they were scattered all about. A neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, a neighborhood. No, I'm talking about the fellowships. I like when they said the church in Corinth. Corinth wouldn't be in houses. Ten percent of Baltimore. It's probably okay. a little a little neighborhood like Cloverly. Right. 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 Okay. So you could walk to each person's house every day and all that. But God has overcome that by giving us the technology that we now have to be able to communicate with each other. Even though we haven't sat in the same room with one another today, you can see we've been in beautiful communication. Correct? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear a response. All right. Okay, any last thing we have to say before we pray and close? Do not be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me i go to my father's place to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you unto myself that where i am thou shalt be amen that's the book of john amen amen so i solicit your prayers i solicit your support okay i want to thank you for your time for those of you who've been faithful you know supporting this work for being involved sharing these videos okay don't be don't 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 get weary don't be weary don't get tired your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day okay keep pressing on share these videos with your family and friends start watch parties on facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it okay and continue to write us write me through facebook write me through you know the, the comment section here on youtube okay so I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, do our audio, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay, hit
hit that like button it matters to us okay thank you so much for your support thank you so much for everything that you've been doing you know by watching our videos okay but in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be on the road but wherever i am i'm going to be broadcasting from there so the broadcast is still going to keep going okay so thank you so much everybody god bless you see you soon